Welcome, Masi. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Welcome to Jude's List, the podcast. Thank you for having me. A good introduction to this episode will be you singing. Okay, so I'm going to do right. So let's go. Senses heightened, I feel alive. Everything comes out in the night. In darkness, we see light. Like the phoenix, we fall and rise. Soaring high in the deep of the night. Feel the wind as we sway and glide. With the force so strong, we ignite. With love being our bullseye. As we ride in the deep of the night. We ride in the deep of the night. As we ride in the deep of the night. As we ride. Yeah. I first saw you perform at Sun City. Yeah, the listening. Yeah. Oh, and that was amazing. I was saying that. So I really wanted to have this conversation. Tell us a bit about yourself, your background, what you do, how you go into music, and then about your latest EP. Ghanaian born in the US. Very outspoken, very bubbly character. Anybody who meets me goes like, oh, this girl, she's very petrificial, you know, like I'm very loud when I want to be. I'm very earthy to just preach love through my music, through my art. I'm studying engineering, fun fact, at ALU. And I sing and write things too, so. Yeah, that's me, like, you know. How old are you? 21. How long have you been doing music for? I think professionally, one and a half years. I've been playing the piano since I was eight. So I think that should be where it started like and everything so if eight if like what no like 13 13 eh yeah what has been happening since the age of eight till now like what are some of the major life decisions that you've had to take that's led you to this point my biggest influence musically was just what my parents were listening to and then actually forcing me to go for piano lessons i didn't want to my piano teacher was russian she was very very strict so it's like I had to learn how to read on the piano, like read the script and everything, which was a bit like, you know, everybody after school, you go and sleep or do something fun, watch cartoons. Then me, I'm at piano lessons for like two hours every day. So that was a thing that like, I am happy that they did because it's like now it's a safe space for me. Anytime I'm going through something, I can just like at least play the piano and everything. And then my dad used to listen to a lot of Brenda Fassi. So, like, I think one memory that I have is in the evenings, like, he does the, like, the littlest things. You take a projector outside, and then we could have, like, a barbecue, and you find the wall to, like, put, like, a Brenda Fassi video. The Vuli Nila. So, I feel like it really affected my sound, because when I got into the studio, it's like, I wanted to sound, like, very African, very earthy. But like with a hint of like, you know, like sauce and like vibes and everything. So basically all of these things that came to play to make me what I am today, basically. And then traveling. I think traveling really helped me with my music and what I listen to. Like, and for example, like just being in LU with like so many African like nationalities, your playlist will always be updated, you know? So it's like you're listening to new sounds. So it's like when I enter into the studio, I'm like listening to so many different things. It comes out in the booth. It's like, this is how the Kenyans are doing it. It's a vibe. Like, this is how Ghanaians are doing it. It's a vibe. So it's like you come up with a new product and everything. 
Okay. You mentioned some of your childhood influences. So currently, what would you say you're inspired by? Masego, Post Malone, Billie Eilish, Sampa the Great. She's a Zimbabwean Australian artist. Like her life sets are everything. Sampa in the UK too. He plays the piano like, yo, guys, this guy's productions are crazy. South African house. Any South African house singer, me, I'm in love with them. I think those are like, that's my playlist on my phone, basically. Yeah. So right now, those people are the ones that I'm back to back, like listening to and everything. Okay. Name some from your South African house. We have Bushi. Oh, there's this girl. I know her song. I don't know her name. You have Prince KB. He's a very good producer for me. I just really like his productions. And um, Black Coffee's productions are crazy and stuff like that. So, yeah, those are kind of like a few people. Um, you said you started professionally a year and a half ago. Yeah. What did you start with at that time? So, I released an EP. So, that's what I did. I felt like a body of work was a very good coming out like project. It was like, okay, this is me. This is what I can do. So, I released an EP, yeah, a year and a half ago. And then I just kicked it off from there. What was the name of that EP? Piece of Me. Okay. So within one and a half years, I've released three EPs, which is crazy. Like, I'm not thinking about it. Yeah, that's, I've released three EPs. That's very good. That's very impressive. So let's talk about the first one. Um, how did you come up with the concept? How did you come up with the idea? Tell us about some of the songs in that EP. How long did it take you to produce it? Who's your producer? The first EP, I was really involved in the production process, like, because these were songs I had written when I was in school, especially in the music room. So it's like, I just got to the studio. That time I went to Ground Up in Tema, Ground Up in Tema and everything. So there was two bars, there was Keso, there was Eddie Beats, and there was Young Dems. So all of them, like, chipped in. I played it on the piano or the MIDI, and then they load it onto the PC, and then they add their vibes to it and everything. So basically, that's how that EP went. In terms of message, it was just more of who I am at like my core, like what I believe in and everything. So that was what everything was about. Piece of me was just what I'm about, like here, yeah, basically. Where can we find that now? Apple Music, Spotify, Boomplay, Audiomark, Afton. Yeah, basically everywhere. Okay. And who do you say your producer is? Young Dems, Two Bars, Keso, Eddie Beats. That was for the first project. How about your current EP? Which one? Chapter V? The one you came for the listening or you're talking about? Your latest. The Sec B1. Sec B1, yeah. So that's Mike Mills. Everything is Mike Mills. Who's Mike Mills? Mike Mills is a really dope producer. Yeah, he produces for Amare, produces for Manifest. Most of Manifest's tracks are Mike Mills. But yeah. It's really, really dope. Okay, how did you find him? I went to the studio with Skills. Yeah, so I was working on a song with this guy called Skills, and that's where he records. So I went there, and I liked the vibe there. So we just hit it off after that, and then it's like sometimes I just go there to randomly work and everything. Funny thing is that he didn't even know that I wanted to do a project for this one in particular. So I just went there one morning, and we actually recorded everything in the morning. Like, we recorded everything the same day. Like, we hadn't... All the songs? All the songs, like, on that tape. We recorded it the same day. It's like, God was there. I was like, as it take, I want you to sing these songs for me. Like, there was no... I wasn't thinking to create, you know? So it was just very beautiful. It was very simple. The, the flow was like... It was crazy, because I hadn't written the songs prior to the meeting. It was like, he produced that day, 
and we made the songs that day. So for me, and the all f- songs on all songs like we thought about it and we we're like we just made a whole entire EP in like eight hours, like it was crazy. Walk me through the process, how long it took, and then the details of some of those songs. I think change was like the premise of the whole thing, like it set the tone and everything. And change, I helped produce that. I think that time there was answers. So for me, as an artist, I absorb everything that's going on. However I'm feeling is what's like, is going to come out. I just reflect it. I'm not about to like try and create a whole story that I haven't experienced before. So basically, change was like everything that was going on in Ghana, Africa, like every, everything going on on social media. And I was a bit frustrated. Like, I won't lie. I'm very empathetic when it comes to these things. I get triggered. If I see something that's happening, corrupt leaders, me, I'm pissed off. Like, I am that Pan-African ALU student that is going to voice out. Why are you not doing the right thing, basically? So I just put it in the music. So that's what happened with Change. Then Mike Mills, I gave him the creative freedom, produce right. So he started, right? And, like, the melody just came. The words just came as if the songs know it was there. So me, like, for me, this project, like, I even tweeted and I said, I really tapped into a very spiritual side of myself because I didn't think to create. So I felt like I was a vessel at that point in time. I'm like, okay, this is something that's unloading. I don't even know where the songs came from. I feel like I didn't make it. I felt like someone just dashed it to me because there was no effort. I know songs that I have, I will write, I will cancel a line, and then I'll put, like, Okay, what's the rhyming scheme and this and that and that and that? I was too in the moment that I didn't even like think of recording what was happening. Like, like v- video of, it was like everything was off. It was just me, my nose in the booth, 10 a.m. and then I left like around six, seven day. Okay. We were done. Okay, so is there anything you didn't include in the EP? Is there anything you took out or so did you release everything? For example, when we recorded Change, there were like two songs that came out of Change, you know? Same beats, different melodies. So I'm like, maybe I'll record it, give it like a whole different vibe like later and everything. But yeah, that's what happened. But I think Change, there was a whole different like rendition that I want to record, but I think I'll do it later. It sounds like you're very intuitive about your music that you make. Very. You're obviously following your own process and your own instinct about what to put out there. I mean, what's the next thing that you want to do? And then what's your vision for the future for Asi? I want to be heard worldwide. I feel like whatever is in me has to be heard. So that's the goal. Like that's, and then it's like, I want to make sure that my music touches people, you know? I want you to feel what I felt when I was making it without having to go through what I went through. You know what I'm trying to say? It's like, I'm able to connect. I want it to be a healing process for people. So it's like my goal right now is reach as much people as possible, you know, as much as I'm alternative. It's like for me, I don't want that to be a limitation as to why I don't become like a breakout artist where the whole world is like affected by my art. And like that's the goal. Just knowing that my art can impact because I know that it can. Like sometimes I'm there and I'm like, I'm in awe. I've never heard a bad thing about my song. And that's crazy. It's like as much as it's not as fast as I would want it, but I have not heard like someone say, I don't like this song. I don't like what you're saying. I don't like how I feel about listening to your song. I think the only thing someone has said is, 
I listen to your song and you put in my feelings. I'm like, that's the whole point. I want to tap into that side of you, you know, basically. So the goal is world domination. Like, I want to get everywhere. To the point where you want to reach more people and then why should we care about what you're doing? I feel like I wouldn't have had this dream if I didn't see what it was doing for the very few people who have heard. You know what I'm trying to say? It's like, even with my listening, the reviews and everything, there are days where people can come and they're like, I've been listening to you the whole day and you made me feel things. You made me realize things. You put me in a certain kind of mood. So for me, I didn't realize that power I had until people came back to like testify and go like, hey, this is what you're doing to me. And it's a good thing, so why don't I spread it? That's like where I'm at right now. It's like, if this is what you're doing to 100 people, you can do it for 1,000, you can do it for 10,000, you can do it for a million, then the whole world, 7 billion. I think it's far-fetched, but I, like, I would die trying, like, basically. I don't think it's far-fetched, personally. Um, I think it's very Oh, but me, I'll be a superstar. That one day, I'm telling you right here, hands down. Like, you're, you're talking to me, Seth. You have to like, go to the whole like, crowd, come and talk to me. <laughs> that one day, I know it, hands down, hands down. Amen to that, amen to that happening. Let's circle back on your family life. Do your parents support what you're doing? Do you have siblings? So my parents are very supportive of my music on condition. I'm in school. So that's a thing. It's been a rough bump sometimes. I took a gap year because I needed to like create. And it's not every Ghanaian parent that will allow their children to take a gap year and say, maybe like to come and what? Record music. You know, and my dad is always arguing with me. He says music doesn't follow the laws of demand and supply. Like, you put in cost and you're never bringing me any revenue, yeah. which is true. But for me, I really like the fact that they allow me to, like, work on my craft. They're a bit strict sometimes. I remember when I went to buy studio equipment, I had to use my um, school money. I didn't eat for, like, three months. I had to save and then I bought my studio equipment. But like, I like the fact that they still make it hard and then make it easy for me sometimes. Like they helped me plan my listening session. Like I was supposed to do it at a different location. And then last, last, you know, Ghana, something happened. And then they told me to switch to Sun City. And I had to pay for Sun City. And then they had to pull through for their daughter because I'm their princess. So like for me, I can see the love-hate thing. I don't think they are fully comfortable with it, but they are trying. I think the love they have for me, they're understanding that this is something that I love. And they're getting there eventually. Okay. Do you have siblings? Yeah, I do. Okay. Three of them, but we are four. Th- no. Okay. And the thing is that all my siblings, they like music. So my little brother plays the drums. My brother, the one that I have two little brothers. So the one right after me, he plays the guitar. He can sing. He sings better than I do. Like, he plays the guitar, piano. Yeah, he's like full-on musician, but he does it for girls. He doesn't want to come in, do take it professionally. He's just singing for the ladies, and then he'll just go somewhere, you know, like I it's see. a vibe for him. Who's the first? Me. You're the first? Mm-hmm. Okay. So what role does that play for you as a family? Like, do your siblings have expectations of you? I feel like my sister is, like, very... My sister can sing, and then she knows these like she knows these people, and she knows that sometimes some of the artists come home and stuff like that. That's hair bragging, right? You know. Hey, my sister does this. What does your sister do? It's like she's like diehard Asi fan, you know. Yeah. My brother, he's really not here. He's in college right now, so it's like 
if he comes to Ghana, then he's like, follow me to a concert. You go like, so you think you have fans or something. And then you just like pass by and just like leave and stuff like that. But there's no pressure. It's like for me, it's just making sure they know that the path I've decided to take is not a rosy one, especially with like the Ghanaian expectation, especially when it comes to like the financial side of doing music. It's like, okay, can you make ends meet with what you're doing? with all the education I've given you, do you think this is a worthy profession? You know, there are all of these questions that come to play with being in the Ghanaian society. And I want to be like a living testimony that this can actually work. This is a career. This is an important thing because I think we downplay the role of creatives generally. You are, you can affect like economic development if you think about it. You can affect change you are actually the people that preserve history and culture. I always say this. South Africa, like Mandela did his work, but music helped them more. It gave them some sense of hope. Whatever they were singing, it kept them. You know, whatever movies, pictures. I remember I went to that James Bano like, exhibition. And I'm just like, this is so refreshing just to know that this is what was happening in Ghana then. If he didn't take the pictures, would we have known? You know? If they didn't tell the stories, we have known. And I always come back to the fact that me even being like very spiritual and like being Christian and everything, I always come back to the fact that the same God you believe in to express himself, he uses an art form through music or story. So why then do you ridicule the idea of you as a human being, being an artist as not important in Ghana when, or in Africa in generally, when it's the very thing that has held you guys through and through and through. You know, for me, it's funny. It's like, it's so important. And then it's like, you end up being broke because that is what you're doing. But I feel like it's very worth it. I'm very honored that it chose me as a person, as the fact that I can sing. Because they just give it to me, then I can sing, you know. There are so many people out there who can't sing, but I can sing. So it's like, I have like a responsibility to people to deliver the gift, you know, basically. That's how I see it. Wow wonderful perspective where you come from i understand i appreciate it i also i'm in my own phase where i'm exploring my creativity but it's not something i fully understood because i wasn't given the avenue to have a conversation mm. right is that same scripture to your soul that you know get a job and be like everybody else and survive yeah and survive no but i feel like for me the survival bit i think when you realize the importance I'm interested in other things. I'm studying engineering. My parents have businesses I feel like at the end of the day, you would have to get yourself involved in. But for me, I will work as hard in those spaces just so that I can push money into the creative scene because there's so much things that have to like be preserved. Like the injection of income that has to go into it to make sure that things are done well. And that's if you want to be a creative, like you're changing the mindsets of people. It's the thing that politicians are looking for. That's the power politicians are looking for. The fact that you can change how people think. I was like looking at all of this LGBTQ thing that was happening on Twitter and everything. I'm seeing creative spearheading it, meaning that their voice is as powerful. And it's, it's causing people to shake, you know, and that's like just the power just laid out there. You know, it's just telling you what a creative can do. You have people who believe in your art. And then when you speak, they listen. Like, if you think about that, and creatives collectively understand that this is what they are doing. You know, like, if we were all on some positive energy and you're using your power right, you know the development that can happen in just this continent, basically, because Africa's problem is mindsets. So it's like, 
education can be done through music. And it doesn't have to be even in the song. It's just even what you say, how you live your life. People look at that. People look at your personality. Even if it's just 100 people, they are all looking at that. So if you want to do this, your creative, like, go there. It's something inside you. It, and let me tell you, when you feel it, you feel it. You will, you will do it. Yeah. It's, you'll make you sleep. It's very aggressive. It's like, it has to happen. Because it's the only way that people can see it. Every sense eats things. I don't know how to explain it, but for me, every sense feeds. It's not just your mouth that's tasting. Your eyes feed on things. Your ears hear things and everything. So it's like, just with that, if you're taking pictures, the pictures you're taking is creating a perception of what, like, Ghana is. Like, you know, let me tell you, this whole Afrocentric movement thing that's happening now, like everybody looking like head wrap, Wakanda, like something. I give the accolades to the photographers that just started the movement when just taking very Afrocentric, like melanin pictures, you know? And it created a whole shift. Like they contributed to all of this year of return thing happening. Like what Africa is, it was the works of creatives. You get what I'm coming from. It wasn't a government saying, this is beyond the return. They just had to say it. But the work was done because creatives put that attention there. Musicians put Africa on the map. Artists, painters, like people who draw. Everybody who was in that creative like expression did something, you know? So for me, I'm like, you can't downplay what you have. It's a very crucial thing. And if you have it, you have to find a way to do it. I'm done preaching. This is my sermon for the day. <laughs> Let's go back to your latest EP, Segby, right? When did you put it out? I put it out in February. Yeah. It took me a day to make that was around September, October. And then Segby is actually a partnership with sustainable luxury fashion brand Segby Bogolan, which is actually partially Malian and then Ghana-based like fashion. So they use the Bogolan um, like imprint you know, in Mali, they have this mud thing that they use. Yeah, basically. So that's how, if you look at the clothes I was wearing on my Instagram, it's basically from them. And I think I just really like the idea of the collaboration, working with a fashion brand, just merging different art forms together. Because I think what inspired the tape was what the patterns meant, you know. So I spoke to the lady that designs. We had a full-on conversation. Then when I got to the studio... It just came from above, and then I sang it. It's like, the flow was really nice, basically. What happened with that partnership? So it's still ongoing. There's just so much more we can do. We shot a video for it. I want to shoot live sets for it. I want to explain the process. I want the tape to be a movement. I wanted to collaborate more this year, so I'm happy that I'm doing that. Not like collaborate with just different creative forms, like artists, like videographers, filmmakers, everything, like, you know. So I'm happy that I'm doing that with fashion now and everything. So like, I'm yet to see what comes out of it. But every day something pops up, something's in my email, like, hey, you have this person wants to do this with you, like just because of the project, you know. So it's like, I'm yet to see where it takes me. I have a really good feeling about it. It feels like you're at a stage where like you're just really, really just following your creative energy and your juices is just flowing. Yeah. Which is amazing. Obviously it doesn't happen for a lot of people at a very early stage, you know, because of the environment that you grew up in. But I find your journey inspiring because you've only just begun. 
So there's definitely so much potential that you haven't even tapped into yet. That hasn't even come with experience yet. So what do you plan to do after uni? And then how are you going to make this sustainable long-term as a creative in the music space in Ghana? I'm always going to be a creative. After uni, like, there's no doubt. I'll always be making music. I'll still go to the studio. I'm thinking of going into business and just, like, starting things that I've written down, like, a while back. Going into investment banking. I want to go and get my master's in, like, finance or economics. I'm not really sure yet, but, like, I'm a very big Pan-African. It's, like... I'm doing everything for my continent. I want to see my continent rise. I want to see it develop uniquely. So I'm just doing the things I can't do now. There are a lot of things I want to do. Like I'm interested in a lot of things, politics even, just because I feel like the right people, like we, the youth, have to be involved, especially if we want to see change, you know. I get that the idea of a politician is he's a liar. So why don't you prove to them that they can be a good politician? You know, someone that's advocating for what people actually want, you know? So it's like, I want to do things that are ongoing to education. Normally, I don't like try and have a plan. I just write them down. But the strange thing is that everything I say that I do when I write it down. Happens. It's happening, you know? It's like... One day you'll be there, then someone will like just ignite that feeling inside you. Then you know you have to do it, you know? When I'm done with school, I mean, I have all the things that I said I'll do. But me, it's more business. It's just now how to make sure you have income to back all of these things you're doing, you know? So me, I have to have money because, Charlie, this alternative scene thing, it's like, it sucks money. Even me right now, like, just doing these tiny, tiny things. You organize a show now. Your 6K or 10K will just go somewhere. You don't even know, like, what you're spending on. So it's like, I need to know that I have, like, funds to actually do what I want. Okay. Yeah, I think that's my thing right now. Um, Asi, what should we look forward to in the coming month? A lot, a lot, a lot. Your baby girl is going to be everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Like, I'm trying to be everywhere. I'm putting myself out more this year. I think I was also in a very understanding myself phase last year. So it's like, I've understood myself now, at least. So now you're ready. I'm ready to come out. I'm coming out here, basically. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what I'm doing now. I'm working on Chapter V, like a live version. So you heard it here first, guys. Yeah, you heard it on Juice Yes, you heard it first. Yeah. So I'm working on a live version of Chapter V, which is really exciting. I'm working with really, 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 really dope people on it. So, yeah, you guys, stay tuned for that. This is actually going to be very, very dope and everything. Basically, that's what's happening. Awesome. Where can we find you online? Asi underscore Rini. R-E-N-I-E. Yeah. A-S-I underscore R-E-N-I-E. On all, like, social media platforms. Same name. Okay. Guys, you should definitely give uh, her latest EP a listen. Segbeat Legacy on all platforms. Thank you for joining me today. It's been a pleasure having having you.